Ah, uh, good evening, traveler. And welcome to the penumbra. Take your seat, please. Take your seat. The junction lies ahead, so if you'll allow me just a moment. <laughs> we are now passing through Hyperion City. Our next stop, Juno Steel and the Long Way Home. Here's a lesson that never sticks no matter how many times you learn it. Even when you're not around, the world keeps moving without you. It never feels that way. When you leave, you take a frozen version of the place with you in your head, and that feels real, but then you get back and find the place is melting right in front of you. Yep, I'm pretty wiped too, small fry. How about a snack break? I remember these sewers as an escape, if you can believe it. When things got too rough topside, I would lose myself down here where things were simple. Where the monsters looked like monsters, big furry ones with long teeth and mean eyes. They were scary, but that was part of the escape. When you're so young, you think monsters are the scariest things out there. What could feel better than teaching the boogeyman to eat out of the palm of your hand? What's the matter? You don't like salmon chips? Don't tell me you're picky. Oh man, you've got the freeze-dried soy dust and everything. You're out of your mind, small fry. Oh, what's that? Now you want one? That's what I thought. Now take the bag, it's yours. I wonder sometimes if having that escape as a kid felt a little too good. Like I'd go underground and feel like all the world's horrors could be tamed, then come back up and think that feeling should last forever. It felt like I could make it last forever if I tried. But things change. What's the matter, Small Fry? You hear something? Target sighted. Damn it, get in that pipe quickly. I don't know my coat. Target recognized. Target is Juno Steel. Juno yeah. Steel. Directive. Juno, Juno Harm. Mayor Flaherty requests my presence. You can't capture me nonviolently, so I'm supposed to go there on my own. That it. This is your right. Order. Thanks. Almost forgot. This is my only warning. I'm working on it now, but thanks for the reminder. Bye. Farewell, Juno Steel. Going. Going and gone. Psst. Hey, kid, coast is clear. Small fry? The hell is this? Another room? The rabbit was asleep, just tuckered out. Then I felt the exhaustion piling on me, too, so I sat and let her nap a while. <laughs> 
And if I got some rest out of the bargain, so be it. Small Fry had found a good hiding spot. The pipe I'd shoved her into led through a shattered wall, which opened up into another one of the sewer's old chambers. Must have been a false start from some earlier construction job. Walled up so it'd just go away, but that never kept anything hidden forever, did it? The Theobots were tearing this place apart, and soon one would find Small Fry. But even if they did clear out and we did get out of here, what the hell was I going to do with her? My name's Juno Steele. I'm a private eye, and that means I'm supposed to reserve my blaster for whoever pays my bills. Money hasn't mattered to me for years, but even so, it was a rule. And rules are comfortable. I keep feeling like I don't know any of the rules anymore, but I need them. Because if you try to save every sorry soul who hops into your life, that might make you a hero, and right now I'm not sure there's anything worse. on 
record, despite the fact that it is completely untrue. I don't think I ever saw Jack work harder on a project. Besides the part, obviously. That's Jocelyn Chen, former head of animation at North Star. I remember seeing pages of script and sketches of Andromeda 3 a few weeks before the first film came out. But he was never satisfied. It was just rewrite after rewrite with him. Was his process similar for Chainmail Warrior Andromeda or Sea of Sinners? Not at all. He had full storyboards for both ready when he first pitched the project, and he only had a month on those. But the third one, I don't know. He kept talking about the responsibility, and I tried to help, but the pressure must have gotten to him. You came under fire for that film, too. I did. I, I wasn't mad at him for having writer's block. I was mad at him for not listening earlier, for not giving us something, anyway. I had to steal his notes just so we could start work on time for a sloppy release. And that was the only time I've ever heard him get angry. A recording of Takano's tirade was leaked a few months after Andromeda 3's release. We are doing something important here. Am I the only one who sees that? Am I? Jack, we have a deadline. Damn the deadline! You're exactly the problem, Jocelyn. Focusing on the smallest issues when you should be solving the big ones. Taking the solution now over the solution that works. Do not speak while I am speaking! No. Keep the damn notes. It's too late already. The company could have scrubbed this leak like they erased the film, had Takano himself not acknowledged it in a press conference the day after it spread. would like to apologize, of course. I've already apologized to Jocelyn, but like it or not, I've been thrust into the public eye. And as a result, my responsibility extends to each and every one of you. Mm, quit it. Three years is not a very long time to grow old, and yet I find that Compared to the early days of Andromeda, I feel precisely I said how quit it. an old man must. Very tired, and only slightly more wise. <laughs> what strikes me as most beautiful about Andromeda is how she works not just on the world, but also on herself, tirelessly. When Andromeda discovers that her magic chainmail is empowered by the suffering of others, she sees immediately how this might corrupt her, and she steals herself against it. I see now the power I have in North Star, and I see the heavy responsibility that power bestows upon me. We will use it for good from here out, for Polaris. Damn it, Rita, I'm taking a nap. Was very well received. Oh, As it's Mothra, right. What's the matter, Katie? You hungry? Apologize, but you all forget. What the hell? Get off me. Really, forgive him. You could always tell he meant it. That it really had eaten him up inside. What the hell? Did you take my comms? Out of my ear? Don't eat it! Well, looks like we're awake now, doesn't it? Here, come close. Just put it up to your ear like this, and... Ah! God damn it, what did you do? You know how long it took me to figure that thing out? Now look, it's wet and it stinks and I can't even listen to it, and I don't know where anybody is or what the hell I'm going to do to keep you safe. <laughs> there. It's trash now. 
It's like this whole stupid idea. Whatever. I told you, the comms is broken. You're just gonna hurt yourself. They could explode or something. Damn it, don't you listen! It's busted, see? Welcome to your comms. Please enter your name. Wait, what? You... There's no way you know how to use this. You can't. Alright, take it. No way. Bienvenue à votre comms. did have it for a second. No, no, I'm gonna try this time. Nah. Thanks, small fry. I needed that. While I messed with that comms, I couldn't stop thinking about Rita. She'd been telling me what small fry just had for years. That I didn't need her to set everything up, that I wasn't even trying, and... I'd yell at her that I got it, but I was just busy and then sit alone like an idiot while she set up my comms, my monitor, everything. Ma never let us have that stuff. And then I just got too proud to admit I didn't get it, and I got better and better at asking other people to work around me, I guess. Anyway, I had the thing up and running again soon. We may look back, only to ensure we have not walked this path before. Yeah, thanks, big guy. Just give me one more minute. Maybe I'd gone mad with power, but I had an idea, and I was hungry for another win. I knew the comms could get on the net, and I knew the sewer system's layout was a public document. The rest was just guesswork, learning and mistakes. A whole lot of mistakes. But still. It took me an hour to do what Rita could have done in two seconds, but I was proud of it. Ha, got it. Look, it's a map. I think I found a manhole that'll take us out of the sewer. Hey. Hey, come on, small friend, come on. We gotta go, kid. I think I found a way out of here, and after that, we'll have to figure that out together, I guess. I split the comms so I could carry it in my hand and ear at the same time. It was going to be a hike to get to that manhole leading out of the sewer and to Old Town.
Many of Takano's former co-workers expressed similar sentiments, but not Jocelyn Chen. Everyone always said yes to Jack, but it wasn't good for him. So when he started hiding, working himself sick, all that, I wasn't having it, and I said so. He gave me some line, something about how he had to figure the problem out by himself, that he couldn't compromise on the park any more than he already had. And I said, Jack, you can take all your toys and go hide in your room if you want, but if you keep working like this, you're going to get yourself killed. After that, after I said that, he just looked at me and waited. Like I hadn't gotten to my point yet. Like there wasn't any, even enough reason to... Anyway, I ended the conversation there because I wasn't getting anywhere. But clearly he wasn't done. Ms. Chen is referring to a public charity event at which Takano spoke to raise funds for Martian fire departments. Though the speech was largely typical of his optimistic oratory, there was a tangent that was met with confusion in the press. But the most beautiful thing about Andromeda, I think, is that she always goes it alone. She recognizes that heroism is a blessing for the world and a curse for the hero who must live with the weight of every decision they make, the pain every loss they fail to prevent. And yet she never stops. And she never shares this burden with another because she knows it is better for one to suffer than two. Goodness is her charge. And she lives up to it alone. Which isn't even true. Ares, the Ramblers, Captain Cancer, Queen Pisces. By that point, Andromeda had relied on others twice a movie. Andromeda 3, but... Jack never spoke to me directly about his design problem, but I could see it uh, amongst the lines, as it were. Something at the core of Polaris Park had gone wrong for him somewhere. Some of his work orders implied that the problem had come from compromises he'd made, and so he tried hiding the gift shops, changing the logo so that Polaris was much larger than Park, that kind of thing. Then a week later, all those orders would be undone, and, and he clearly felt that the problem came earlier than his compromises. From the park's initial contraception, perhaps? I knew that he expected me to decode that subtext. I'd like to think I was rather a confidant for him in that way. The only one he could undress even part of his heart. Huh? Despite Dr. Vega's claims, the work orders we've unearthed directly state Takano's frustrations to every head of every department. Polaris Park was not doing what it was supposed to, though Takano was never clear about what its actual purpose was. The hell was... And as Takano tried to solve it, the days to Polaris Park's opening and the man's disappearance drew closer and closer. We were close to the exit by then. There was just one last pipe we had to pass through, one big enough to stand and walk in. We hadn't heard a Thayabot in half an hour. It was quiet here. Until that thumping started down at the end of the pipe. As quickly as I could, I searched the wall around me for weak spots, cracks, openings, anywhere at all to hide, but there were none. This thing had picked the one solid spot left in the entire old town sewer system to corner us. Get behind me, kid. It's all right. You're going to be all right. The noise kept coming. 
I tried to make a plan. Hide small fry in the sludge and try to talk my way out? No. The Feobots were chatty and she couldn't hold her breath that long. Take a shot at it before it saw us? Maybe, but I doubted I could connect without a Thea on my side. It got closer and closer. And then it rounded the corner. Rabbit? Alive? You know him. You know that rabbit, don't you? So that was it then. Some of the rabbits were alive. I'd brought small fry home, and I felt just awful. Looking into her big black eyes, one hand on her matted fur, I realized I already cared about this little rabbit. Protecting her made me feel useful and loved, and it was hard to put that away. I let myself live in maybes for a second. A little rabbit munching snack food under my desk. A big one asleep in the corner of my office. The muscle, I'd call her, but really, her name would be Small Fry. Even when she got huge. I never really would have taken her, not really. But it was nice to pretend for a second. You can trust that big fellow over there? Then go home, kid. Go home. So I watched her hop away. She seemed happy. And that's when the big rabbit ran over and socked me in the face. Come on. I know you were scared, but... What do you want from me? Money? I got creds, but you have to get off me. This wasn't right. This wasn't how the rabbits were. They'd never turned down creds, and they'd never made those noises, and they were never... this angry. I reached for my blaster, but the rabbit had a desperate quickness I'd never seen before, and in a second my gun was spinning over his shoulder. The rabbit reared back to howl. He still had crumbs and frosting in his fur, a big soft belly for scratching just like all the rabbits I knew. But this one was burned, too. Charred trenches of fur and skin running along his sides, part of one ear gone. And he looked... so scared. Pissed off and powerless, like if he couldn't pin down and punch all those Theobots, or the human race, or death itself, he was ready to settle for me. I still had my plasma knife, but I couldn't stab him. Couldn't let Ramses make me kill again. Small Fry ran up to the rabbit and tugged on his tail. The rabbit nearly jumped out of his fur and didn't even look behind him before he kicked one of those huge legs back at the kid. I've never seen a rabbit do that. This rabbit had never seen it either. It looked like he'd spent the rest of his life wishing he hadn't. Then he turned, and I saw that he was ready to blame it all on me. A few months ago, I might have let him, too. That's what a hero's for, right? Taking all the hits so the innocent don't have to, while the ones causing all the pain sit in the stands and watch. Blood and popcorn butter sticky on their fingertips. I was done with that. Instead, I was going to give the rabbit some advice. So I turned the volume on my comms all the way up. Right when it was about to crush my skull, I jammed my comms into his ear and pressed play. We may look back, only to ensure we have not walked this path before. What do you know? Looks like that advice just saved my life, too. 
Stay down, Cottontail. I'm not kidding. See this? Plasma. Real hot. Real sharp. I don't want to hurt you, but if you come any closer, I'll have to. Take the kid and go. This will kill you, you understand? Dead. Stop! Neither one of us wants this. But he kept running towards me. And he knew he wouldn't win. I'm just not sure he cared. He was almost on top of me. I knew I'd do it if I had to, and that's when I heard the first shot. Targets detected. A big Theobot stood in front of me, and its first laser sizzled in the wall behind. The bot had small fry pinned between a wall and the end of its cannon. Damn it, no, no, no. Come closer, rabbit. What? Come closer. I will tell you when to stop. Closer. Just a little closer. Real close. There. You're a little. Now, please leave. And be careful. Bunnies. The two ran, and the small fry never looked back. I was proud of her. We may look backward only to ensure we have not walked this path before, right? Wherever those rabbits were going, whatever home awaited them, they'd definitely never been there before. You, stay there. Are you injured, user, Mr. Steel? Mr. Because, um, Ramses wants to see you above ground and something, something. No, don't say something, something. Say Rita? something. You Rita, is that really you? No, I'm, um, what's this thing called? Tara, Tiona. Let me look it up. Rita, God, I'm glad to see... Whatever the hell robot this is. This is the Theo's Spectacles. Wait, you yelled at the bot for saying something, something, which means you must be able to hear it. Nuh-uh. Rita? Who's that? She sounds nice. Just drop the joke, all right? I've been looking for you for days. I'm filthy. I'm tired. So just tell me where the hell you are. Oh, does it make you worried? Not knowing where very pretty user Rita is. Rita, I said... maybe then she should disappear for weeks instead. Not say anything. Because that would definitely make you less worried, and not way more worried. Ain't that right, boss? Oh, I... What did I do? Rita, I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Rita? The Thea order is shutting down. Rita? Rita? No. Please. No! Damn it, no! No! I'm sorry. I'm so... Sorry, Rita. 
And I know that's not enough. I know how sour a sorry tastes when it comes from someone who's apologized before and never changed a thing. I know you've got no reason to believe me, but please don't leave me here, Rita. You've got every reason to, but I'm trying to get better. I really want to get better, maybe for the first time in my life since the HCPD, and I'm just so scared that it's too late and everybody's already smartened up and gone, and maybe you should, but please, please. Hi, Mr. Steele. Ah. How long were you behind me? Just for the last, please, please. I miss anything you want to say again? I, uh... I'm sorry, Rita. I'm just... So sorry, it won't happen again. Rita? I missed you, boss. I was real worried. I know. I hear you. For once. And I missed you too, Rita. Really. What? What's the matter? I got a map, and it says there should be a way out just over. Oh, yeah. The whole system's being shifted around, boss. None of your maps are going to work anymore. Shifted around for what? Old Town, I guess. But anyway, I figured their way up before I even came down here, because you know me, Mr. Steele. I am all for an adventure, but as soon as it's one that might get one of my three asses wet, I gotta get in and out. That's right. My shoes, snacks, and salmon sausage snacks. Um, you know way up? I do! Wanna go see? I was hoping we'd be able to bring that big puppet I hacked into with us, but it ain't exactly gonna fit through the manhole. Or which I learned, because at first I had two ways out, but then I broke one. You're never going to believe how boss Ooh, with the big robot, right. Listen, Rita, I want to hear that whole story. I really do. But can we do it someplace we're not covered in slime? That's a great idea, boss. This way. Let's look at that moment one more time. Opening day at Polaris Park. Moments after Takano's last employee check-in. The silent, solitary moment in which his departure flipped from an idea to an action. We can't know what he was thinking in those moments, and in the end, trying to understand every minute detail of the departed psyche tells us more about ourselves, in many ways, than about them. Just ask Lorenzo Vega. He was a perfectionist. He'd made so many compromises with his park, had seen his vision so diluted. One can only conclude that the sight of it, his creation so malformed, who wouldn't leave? Or Jocelyn Chen. He was a visionary, and that meant he had no idea what he was doing. He could help us up to greatness, but him, his sights were always going to be aimed up about a dozen feet over where he ended up. And he was always going to be bored by whatever he made. Always. Or Miranda Fairbanks, who wrote in her memoir, Humanity needs people like Jack. Just see how things should be without the reality of what they are getting in the way. That's how progress happens. And so I assume he must have seen the true way forward somewhere other than us and run towards it. This ladder? Mm-hmm. We've presented you with theories over these many hours, but we will probably never know why Jack DeConnell left us behind. The only clue we have is the audio note found in his office once he was gone. 
And to conclude our program, we will play it in full. The thing I find most beautiful about Andromeda in the end is this, that she can never be satisfied. I wonder now if Orion's curse wasn't really a blessing for our homeless hero. He turned her from the protector of one city to an active force of good. World What's the hold up, boss? Found the manhole trouble. Find home. <coughs> always looks backwards. Polaris. Nostalgia. The paradise left behind. And this works in our stories when we only show the shining city for a few seconds at a time. But in life, such place exists. Mr. Steele? If it did, Mr. Steele? already live there. This... This is an old town. I'm pretty sure it is, boss. I counted the pieces and everything. No, the map's right. I'm happy to explain in a minute, readers, just as soon as I get this cannon out of my face. Remove yourselves from the sewer. Help is on the way. But there may yet be such a Hands up, please. Home is not in the past. It can't be. And that means when we find home, when we find the perfect place we yearn for, I doubt we will even recognize it. What is this place? What happened to Old Town? It says right there on the sign, Rita. Welcome to New Town, the city of the future. So now I leave. I go now to seek the true way home, as any hero should. And I urge you to do the same. Or at least, to accept it when it comes. I look forward to meeting you there. Jack Takano. If you've enjoyed this tale, please consider donating to the Penumbra on Patreon. Our artists work tirelessly to bring you these stories, and if you have the means, we hope you will support our efforts. Every dollar helps. You can find that page at patreon.com slash Podcast. If you support us on Patreon at a $10 level or higher, you will receive access to commentary tracks like this one from actor Matthew Zonzinger and co-creators Sophie Kaner and Kevin Vibert. There's not anything more to it than it's like, yeah, well, I thought of it, and I'm smart, and how do I know that? Well, because I'm me, I just know. And there's nobody above him to tell him, you know, and there's no way of knowing for sure what is good. Although, to that point, and to get back on my bandwagon of every commentary compliment in Kevin's writing, um, could you compliment <laughs> me a little bit for once? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> You can also support The Penumbra by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter at The Penumbra Pod, following us on Tumblr at The Penumbra Podcast, telling your friends about us, telling your friends to tell their friends about us, and especially by rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes. 
Every rating, comment, and kind word spreads our stories further and inspires us to keep creating more and better tales to come. We would like to give special thanks to all who support us on Patreon, but especially to Minchowski, Camille Blanton, Christine Kim, Rowan Collins, Garrett M., Jay Yanazelli, Karen Z.H., Cantaloupe, Fiona Parker, Reagan, Co., Kim Zygan, Atha Lang, Vron, Charlie Spiegel, and Jamie Gunter for their incredibly generous contributions per episode. Thank you. Did you know that the Penumbra has merchandise for sale? It's true. The Penumbra has partnered with DFTBA to bring you the posters, shirts, and pins your heart desires. Just go to dftba.com and search for the Penumbra podcast. This tale, Juno Steel and the Long Way Home, was told by the following people. Joshua Elon as Juno Steel, Matthew Zonzinger as Jack Takano and Ramsey O'Flaherty, Marge Dunn as Hawk Hackett, Bob Musset as Lorenzo Vega, Melissa Barker as Jocelyn Chen, Allison Schott as the Miranda Fairbanks Reader, Sophie Kaner as the Thea and Small Fry, and Kate Jones as Rita. The Penumbra is created and produced by Sophie Kaner and Kevin Vibert. If you wish to know more about our ever-expanding, infinitely creative team of artists, musicians, editors, designers, and managers, you can read about them in the show notes of this episode. I'm afraid this is the end of the line for today, dear traveler. We hope you will ride with the Penumbra again soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.